And here we are in our final week of walking through the book of Philippians. He is so cute. I was, I was talking about you, Brian. I was, talking about, I was talking about Brian. He is so cute. But hey, uh, here we are. We're in the final week of our um, series on the book of Philippians called Not Happiness because happiness is fleeting, Right? It can go, it can come, it can go, some things could happen, your kids could have diarrhea all week and go everywhere all the time. Amen? Huh? Hashtag, we need more diapers. <laughs> Size up, yeah. <laughs> Smart. But happiness is fleeting, right? But we have this joy that is set in Christ that's foundational, that never changes, right? That's the great news about what Paul talks about in Philippians and about our relationship with our Creator, Christ, God, the Father, Holy Spirit. And week one, we talked about the fact that how we view our situations, because Paul's talking from a prison cell, right? Writing this letter from a prison cell. But what you may not know is not soon after this is when the church is persecuted by Nero. It was rough. Not too long after Paul writes this letter, so not only is Paul writing this in jail, but it's in preparation, almost like God knew something was about to happen. Right? So Paul writes this letter saying, be of good courage, be of good cheer, stand firm, what we're going to read today, stand firm, hold on, hold on with everything that you got. Because this world's going to throw some crap at you. It's going, to, and you're, it's going to seem like it really, on the surface, it'll seem like, it, like it's really bad. The first week we talked about how you view your situation will be the expression your life portrays because you don't always get to pick your situations or circumstances, but you do get to pick the story that you tell. And the story that you tell could lead to someone's salvation. Your story could be, your situation could be someone's salvation. In the second week, we talked about how Christ is our standard to receiving this joy, right? Like, if we want to have true joy, we have to look. Our mindset has to be the same as Christ. And Ephesians 2 tells us the mindset of Christ. It is our standard and how we should live. And how we should live is walking humbly amongst each other, right? Walking humbly with each other, serving each other, always putting other people's needs in front of yours. Anybody else have that kind of issue? Okay, I'm the only one going to be honest. It's okay. I'm cool with that. I sometimes have an issue of putting my, my needs before others instead of the other way around. But we've talked about Christ is our standard and that his mindset should be our motivation. 
week three, we said we can't boast in our own righteousness, right? Or righteousness, or if you, for, to dumb it down for people like me, right? It's, the right? it's our right standing before God. Like we can't, we can't boast about our own righteousness, what we do on our own, because, because it's nothing but trash. Your good deeds are nothing but filthy rags, the Bible says, right? It's a, it, you might as well throw it on, on, a, on a pile of manure, Paul says. So week three, we talked about we can't, we can't, we can't base our righteousness on our own, on, boast about our own righteousness because it's nothing but trash, but we, we, need, we need to let go of that trash so that we can hold on to the truth that the only thing that makes us right or gives us a right standing is Christ himself. That doesn't negate doing the right thing. But what it says is don't depend on the right thing to get you where you need to be. It all centers upon Christ. Which poses a question, and I'm not saying I have the answer to this, but this is just something to think about, and I've been thinking about this week a little bit, is if you do good works outside of Christ, is it still good? Something to think about. Something to think about. I'm not saying I have an answer. I'm just saying I've been thinking about that this week. Let you know what's in my mind. Okay? And then we talked about how, um, how, how that, that kind of frees us. Once we let go of trying to, get to, trying to please our Father with our, with our own good work, it frees us to live actually in Christ, right? And then um, this frees us to, to stop having to perform to be accepted by our Father. But, anybody ever feel like you had to perform? Like you grew up in a church, you had to do all the right things for people to accept you, right? Or... A, agree 100% with them to, for, you to, for them to be accepted. Well, here's our Father going, you know what, I know you're screwed up, I know you're messed up, I know you're pretty dirty, and I guess what, I'm still accepting you. You don't have to prove anything to me because I proved everything to you. But we can rest in Christ's performance, which should lead us into joy. And then last week we said that we can have joy not based on our imperfect faith, but the faithfulness of Christ's work, not only in the cross and the resurrection, because if he was faithful to do that, then we can also have joy in that he will be faithful in what he said he will do in the future, which is bring us home. Right? I'm looking for, like anytime I've done um, a graveside service for anybody, I've, all, I've always started out with this fact that I'm a little bit jealous standing here. A little bit jealous. And I know jealousy is a sin. Get over it. Just kidding. I'm a little bit jealous because right there are people who are standing face to face with Christ. And here I am on earth, you know. I'm a little bit jealous, but one day when our journey's over, whether it be when he splits the sky wide open or in the day, my last day of living, one day I know I will stand complete because he was faithful to do it in the past and he'll be faithful to do it in the future whenever that day comes for me and us. And, but today we're going to look at the conclusion of this letter that Paul wrote to us through the book of Philippians. Philippians. We received it through the, the church at Philippi and and. A lot of times, when we, if we're not careful, when we read conclusions of Paul's letters, we look over it. It's almost like Paul is just throwing some random stuff out there, right? Hey, make sure you forgive this. May you handle that. Hey, so and so, can you go talk to this person? And we kind of. And, but if I, I found that if we read it in in context, if we read the final chapters, and even though there weren't chapters then, if we read the conclusion of Paul's letters within context of the rest of the letter. There's some astounding things that we can find in it. Is it okay if I show you? All right, you ready? Ready? This is going to be like the shortest verse we've ever read here. You ready? Therefore. 
So we have to ask the question, and then this is actually the title for today, is therefore. So therefore, what is therefore there for? You with me? You tracking? And what therefore is, is it means that in light of what was just said, dude, some of us have already forgot what he said last week, right? Or three weeks ago. In light, so I'm not going to go back and read the whole book. You don't have to worry about that. You're like, we're going to be here forever. Okay, no, 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 we're going to do that. But I think it's specifically, specifically in regards to the last two verses that we read last week. So what were the two verses that we read last week here? I'll remind you. Here we go. Philippians 3, we're going to go back for a minute. Philippians 3, starting in verse 20, it says, But we are citizens of heaven and are eagerly waiting for our Savior to come from there, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to make this statement right here and because this will be as political as Rev D gets, okay? So you know, since my citizen is, citizenship is in heaven, my allegiance is not to a man, a country, or a flag. Now, I love America. You with me? I'm glad I was born here and not somewhere else. You with me? Uh, I'm, but you have to understand, first and foremost, that my citizenship, my, my citizenship's in heaven. So they can do whatever they want to here. I may not like it, but I know one day my king is going to not only reign in his heavenly throne, but it technically is already reigning on his earthly throne. And one day it's going to be made visible. You with me? Tracking? All right. Well, we are citizens of heaven and are eagerly waiting for our Savior to come from there. Our Lord Jesus Christ has the power, uh, has the power over everything. And he will make, make these poor bodies of ours like our own glorious body. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that day when I don't have to work for a six-pack. You with me? It's just there. Now we're into verse 4. So with that in mind, therefore... My brothers, whom I love and long for. And wouldn't you just love to have, have a brother or sister in your life? I'm not just talking about blood. I'm just talking about somebody who just longs and loves and cares for you. Like, to, to, to even, like, I know we don't write letters anymore, but there's, these are, these, I can imagine these being tear-filled pages of heartfelt, like, I want the best for you. And here's the great news. It wasn't just written to the book of the, the, the Church of Philippi. It was written to us. Paul, Paul, blood, sweat, and tears going into this letter saying, I want you to experience true and lasting joy. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. The phrase stand firm comes from the Aramaic text, right? It's this Aramaic word called, it's not called, it is a word, but it's this Aramaic, Aramaic word, stecco. Everybody say stecco. Like stucco, you know what I'm saying? Like it kind of sticks. And I don't have that manly voice that you'd have to have to have Aramaic where it's like stecco. Like it's weird. Um, I heard somebody else say it, and I'm like, I will never be able to say it like that. I'm sorry. My bad. But if you look at the Greek text too, like um, when it was translated, translated in the Greek te text, uh, it comes from this word, which, it, which, is, which is more poetic, right? It's sekonomai, sekonomai, sekonomai. And then what sekonomai means or translates to is arise or resurrection. You with me? So, so with that in mind, Paul is expressing that therefore in light of eternity, stand firm, arise in Christ. Don't let anything sway you. In fact, you can say it like this. 
He's saying, resurrect today into your eternity. Your eternity begins today. Your eternity starts today. The moment that you are a believer, become a believer, follow Jesus, your eternity begins. So rise up, resurrect, and walk in it. Walk in it. So with eternity in mind, here's Paul. If I was going to put this in Derek's language. With eternity in mind, don't let your current circumstances sway you from where you stand. With, your, with eternity in mind, don't let your current circumstances sway you from where you stand. And I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you guys. Like this message today that I'm going to preach, you know, here, some, especially the guys will understand here in a minute, this message this week was like, why did I have to preach this message this week? Because this week, you can ask Brittany, especially at the beginning of the week, man, I was suffering with some anxiety about some things that we're going through. Like it tore me, like I was tore up. Like questioning things, like struggling with things and wasn't sure. And then I started kind of putting things together and I'm like, what, like what, why am I, why am I not walking like, I, like I, I'm a child of the, like I'm a citizen of heaven? Like the ground in which I walk is literally mine. Because we are heirs to the kingdom. Why don't I rise with resurrection power? Why don't I hold firm to Christ? Why don't I live with, in a way that, that, that in light of eternity, I can walk differently? Don't waver in your pursuit of Christ and the joy that he brings. Why? And I believe that Paul actually answers the why in another letter that he wrote. That we'll get to the whole letter eventually. But in this other letter to the church at Corinth and to us, he, he wrote this, 2 Corinthians 4.16, he says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Isn't it great that we have a God who says, you know what, not only are my mercies new every day, not only is my grace new every day, but I'm going to give you a renewed spirit every day. For, the, for this light momentary aff, aff, affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all, com all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. I love that word. It means it's here today and gone tomorrow. But the things that are unseen are eternal. And I love, I want to read it from a different translation. The writer of the message translation says it this way, and I love it. He says, so we're not giving up. Why? How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his, without his unfolding grace. These, are hard time, these hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we, the things we see now here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can see now will can't see now will last forever. Will last forever. The reason that we can stand firm is because the troubles we face here hold nothing compared to the glory that awaits us in eternity. So with that in mind, with the idea in mind. It makes sense on why 
that Paul would write what he does the remainder of this conclusion of his letter to the church of Philippi. With eternity in mind, what does Paul say? You ready? Because if you don't, if you don't do the therefore, right, you'll just read over this like, now I'm not going to read the last chapter because it's just Paul doing some business. No, 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 no. With eternity in mind, since we are, are we walk in resurrection, we walk in eternity now. What does Paul say? You ready? And I plead with Eudia and, and Syntyche to settle their disagreement and be restored with one mind in our Lord. I would like my dear friend and burden bearer to help resolve this issue, for both women have dil- diligently labored with me for the prize and helped, and helped in spreading the revelation of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of, of, of my co-workers. All of their names are written in where? Eternity. So with eternity in mind, settle your disputes. Quit wasting time being mad at each other. The connection is all of our names are written in eternity. You're going to spend forever with that person. You with me? I had this conversation with kids at middle school all the time. You have... If you guys don't get along now, imagine what it's going to be like in six years when you're seniors in high school. You have a lot of time to spend with each other. Resolve the issue. Don't let your disagreement keep you from experiencing the joy you possess today. Because how many of y'all have disagreements with somebody and it's percolating in you so much that you can't even think about Christ and the joy that he brings? Because you're mad. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Get over it, Paul says. With the fact that eternity is in mind, with eternity in mind, Take care of it. Because it doesn't hold anything to your eternity, to what you will receive one day. Yeah, it may be bad, and they may have done you wrong, and they may have treated you bad, but guess what? It doesn't matter compared to the weight of what you will have in eternity standing before Jesus. I feel like that was like Paul just kind of like doing like a punch you in the face kind of thing. Philippians 4 4. He goes on to say, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, and we'll stay right here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. When do you rejoice? Always. Not when you get the just when you get the promotion, not when your kid gets graduates high school, not when you what well, not when the good stuff. Rejoice. Always be joyful. Always walk in praise. Always. Even in the bad times when people are making you mad, yes, always rejoice. What about if I don't get that promotion? Well, guess what? Rejoice, because down the road you never know what might happen with that position. Right? What if I don't what if this doesn't work out? Well, Paul tells us to rejoice in the Lord. Always. Again, I say rejoice. With eternity in mind, rejoice. Because we've got something better than that promotion, better than that graduation, better than that degree, better than that relationship, better than that coming one day. With eternity in mind, walk rejoicing. Better keep reading. Let your response, re- reasonableness, and, and some people translate that word gentleness, it comes from the same word. 
Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. When is the Lord at hand? Now. Your eternity begins now. With me? And this is to be honest. If you're not a believer in here, or you're listening to say you're not a believer, your eternity starts now. It's just you're going to be in a different place. You with me? Being real. And here's, here's what hit me this week. This next verse. Do not be anxious about anything. Hold up. <laughs> Wait a minute, but what about this? Like, this is different. Like, I'm going through a lot. Um, like, like, God, like, I can be anxious about this because, I mean, I know Betty has their stuff. I know John has his stuff going on. And that's fine. They can get over that. But me, I'm going through this. So I'm going to have to be a little bit anxious because I just don't know what's going to happen. And, like, I, like have you ever done that? Like, you're like, okay, well, it's okay for me to be this, feel this way because it's me and my circumstance is different. And even though the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, everybody has experienced something. You with me? may not be exactly as yours, but they've experienced something. Do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, so he went from the God of peace to the peace that of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We can have joy and peace because we have a God who hears us when we speak to him. But also has empathy. Why? Because he's experienced what we have experienced. That's the whole point of Emmanuel, God with us. He became fully human while being fully God to experience the pain and the suffering and, and, the, and the struggles that we, that we face. He knows our pains and our struggle. That's why the writer of Hebrews would say, since, since, then we, since then we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have... We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, I love the verse 16 here. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. With confidence. We don't have to, God, I know that I've screwed up. But I've said, no, we can walk up and say, Daddy, I need some help. Because we know our Father will help us. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Listen to this translation of, of this passage. I love this translation of this passage. Ready? Ready? So then, we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. What do we know to be true? For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us, and now sympathizes with us in our frailty, in our weaknesses, in, our, in everything that, that, that dilutes us, like everything that, that causes us to stumble. He, like, he's, he can sympathize with us in, our, in, in that. He understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. We have a God who not only hears us when we speak, but fills us when we speak. 
those tears that he cried in the garden weren't just because he was about to go to the cross. They, because he felt the weight of what we've experienced. The people he created and loved. And I wonder how many times we, we, we were fearful of taking our anxieties and our fears and our doubts to our Heavenly Father because we were like, can you even hear me in this? Can you even feel me in this? And the writer of Hebrews is saying, we have a God who knows everything about us, every emotion, every, every passion, every hurt, every, every discouragement, every, anything that we can feel, he has experienced. And he says, and I love you, and I want to comfort you. That's why he says, I will send another, the Holy Spirit, to comfort you and to guide you in the steps that you should walk. But the question then goes to this. Have you ever been praying about something and it seems like you're not getting any peace about it? Well, how did Paul tell us to pray? We're really good at saying, sometimes saying, here's the problem, here's what I need. But there's one part that we often forget. Pray with thanksgiving. Maybe the reason you're not feeling any peace is you've forgotten one of the most important things is what are you thankful for? And I'm not just talking about being thankful for things in the past, but thankful for things in the future. What if we started praying differently about our situations that we face and our hardships that we face? What if we started, instead of praying, God, fix this, do this. God, I need this. I want this. God, what if we start saying, God, thank you in advance for your providence in this situation? God, thank you in advance for, the, for your plan for this. Thank you for whatever happens. Thank you because you're in control and I know that you know best. So I thank you for this. Whatever the outcome is, you are God and you are holy and you are still good. So whatever happens, God, I just want you to know that I am thankful that I have you. If I lose everything else, if this situation goes off totally opposite of the way that I, want, I intended for it or wanted it to go, God, I'm thankful that you are enough. That if I were to lose everything else, at least I have you. He goes on to say, so in light of eternity, you with me? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you, have learned, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in the God of peace. So the peace of God and the God of peace now will be with you. Maybe the reason that you're not at peace or don't have joy is because you're not practicing these things. You're, you're allowing you're, these things that allows God, the, the God of peace into your life. You're worried about these light momentary problems instead of what is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. Always thinking about the negative instead of seeking the positive first. What if instead of we looking at the bad things people do, we look at the honorable things that people do? Or the, or the, or the, the what if, what if instead of looking at the dark side of things, we say, you know what, God, I can see your light over there, and I'm just going to keep walking toward it. What if we started being a people that, are, that is positive and we're known for our positivity than being known for what we're against? 
I think that's the biggest issue with the church is most people know what we're against, but they don't know what we're for. You with me? Here's the thing. It's not about consistently walking in excellence, but walking in praise. Because when we walk in what is honorable and what is true and what is just and what is pure and what is lovely and commendable, we'll be walking in praise. So in light of eternity, think upon these things. Instead of the lies the enemy and the world are trying to tell you. Philippians 4.10 goes on to say, The Lord has made the Lord has made me very grateful that, that at last you have thought about me once again. Because this Philippian letter was a, re, a, a response letter. He was writing back to the church because of some things that they had written to him. Written to him, And they also sent a little gift. And he was very thankful for it. The Lord has made me very grateful that at least you have thought about me once again. Actually, you are thinking about me all along, but you didn't have any... Uh, any chance to show it. He goes on to say, I am not complaining about having too little. I have learned to be satisfied with whatever I have. That's hard in the culture that we live in now, isn't it? To be satisfied with whatever you have. I'm not complaining about having too little. I have learned to be satisfied with whatever I have. I know that it, I know that it is what it is to be poor or to have plenty, and I have lived under all kinds of conditions. I, I know what it means to be full or to be hung all things through Him who strengthens me. Another translation writes it this way: Christ gives me the strength to face anything, whether it be sickness or health, riches or wants. Christ gives me the strength to face anything because when Christ is enough, we are fully satisfied. When Christ is enough, we are fully satisfied. That's why kids get mad two days after Christmas, right? Because they, they want the next best thing. They want the next greatest whatever, iPhone 47A, whatever that is, you know what I'm saying? Because we have lost what it meant just to be in Christ. When Christ is enough, we are fully satisfied. And we have true joy, not based on things or things that happen around us. But because of Him, He is enough. He is enough. He is enough. How do I know this? Paul goes on to finish out the letter by saying, It was good of you to help me when I was having such a hard time. My friends at Philippi, you, you, friends at Philippi, you remember what it was like when I started preaching the good news in Macedonia. Macedonia is part of Philippi, just so you guys are aware. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you helped me more than once. I am not trying to get something from you, but I want you to receive the blessing that, that the blessings that come from giving. I have been paid back everything and with interest. What Paul is saying, what Paul is saying is, in light of eternity, because Christ is enough, I appreciate your gift, but I've already been handsomely rewarded because I have Christ in me. I pay, I've been paid back everything and with interest. I'm completely satisfied with the gift that you that you that you had 
Epaphroditus bring me. They are like a sweet-smelling offering or like the right kind of sacrifice that pleases God. I pray that, the God, I pray that God will take care of all your needs with the wonderful blessings that come from Christ Jesus. May God our Father be praised forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers, the brothers who are with me greet you. All the, saint, all the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. I don't know if you remember at the beginning of this story, at the beginning of this book, but Paul talks about being chained to prison guards, right? And, and being able to share the gospel with these prison guards and, and, and them coming to know Christ. And so now these very pri prison guards who are Caesar's household, they worked for the government and are now believers while he's writing this letter. So, oh, tell them we said hi too. Tell my brothers down in Philippi that I said hi too. Tell my sisters hi. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of what happens when Christ is enough for you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. I pray that our Lord Jesus Christ will be kind to you and will bless your life. With love, your brother in Christ, Paul. The book of Philippians boils down to this. When Christ is enough is when you will have true and lasting joy. Because your kids are going to fail you, your husbands or wives are going to fail you, your jobs are going to fail you, and they will replace you when you're gone, right? One day I will be, be replaced. You'll be replaced. But if we are in Christ, and Christ is enough, and Christ is all we need, no matter how many things fell around us, we can still stand, we can rise, we can live in resurrection power because our joy is set in what He has done. Because He is enough. He was enough on the cross. He is enough in the resurrection. He was enough at your salvation. He is enough for you today. He'll be enough when you stand before Him and He says, Welcome home. Come receive your full satisfaction. My crown and my jewel, the joy is all yours. That's Philippians, y'all. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. Amen. Next, next week, next week we're starting my, and I'll probably say this about everything, but Ephesians is my favorite book in the whole Bible. Like, I, like if you can get rid, like if something happened where you, we lost everything else, and all we had was the book of Ephesians, we could change the world. You with me? So we start that next week. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be deep. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. Be good. You with me? Because it's not only a letter about us as personal believers in Christ, our salvation, like our personal salvation, but it's also a letter to like to the church. How the church should operate. It's pretty amazing. Y'all with me? Love you guys. I'm gonna pray, and then you guys are dismissed. And dear God, we want to thank you so much that. All that you are is enough. You're, en you're enough to sustain us. You're enough to carry us. You're enough for the moment. You're, you're enough for the journey. You're enough. And that our satisfaction that can only happen truly from you. So I pray as we leave here, God, if, we, if we're leaving here anxious, God, that we, we rest on you, that we walk, we stand firm, we hold on, we, we walk as resurrected people. 
and that we live lives of joy so that people like the prison guards can fall in love with you.